Welcome to the first episode of The Other Dude. Anything playoffs, anything football related will be talked about on this channel. Been wanting to do this for a long time. Let's just get started. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I said it all year. They are one of the most fraudulent teams in the NFL this year. If you look at the teams that they played this year, most of them are not even playoff teams in general. I mean, look at it. Let's just look at some of the teams that they played this year. Let's just look at it. You have the Bears, the Vikings, maybe a contender. Have the Eagles played pretty well. The Cowboys didn't make the playoffs. The Lions missed the playoffs again. Played the Raiders, didn't make the playoffs. Beat the Chiefs. That's great, but... <laughs> He lost against the Chargers, who had one of their worst years in Philip Rivers' career in a very long time. Had the Panthers missed the playoffs, you got destroyed against the 49ers. You only had about 108 yards passing in that game. You barely beat the Giants, 31-13. You got the Redskins, the Bears again, of course the Vikings, the Lions, all in your division. Out of all the teams you played all season, the only playoffs team or winning record total. Cowboys winning record 8-8, eight eight, missed the playoffs. You had the Bears, missed the playoffs 8-8. Eight eight. Eagles made it, they won Division 9-7, but they had a bunch of lawn chairs at receiver. You played more losing teams and non-playoff teams with under .500 record all year. And of course, you played that same team in the NFC Championship game. And you can't even, what, score any points? I mean, this is frequent. Look at this. We go to the championship game. Aaron Rodgers, which looks great. 31 for 39, 326 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Now that's, if you look at that alone, that sounds great. Let's break it down. Through the first, through the first half, first two quarters, scored zero points in the first quarter, scored zero points in the second quarter. Third quarter, they scored seven points. In the playoffs, if you cannot score early, especially Aaron Rodgers doing what he does coming from behind, it is over. Usually when Aaron Rodgers is behind, he can usually come back and make things happen. But the fact of the matter is, they haven't played that many good teams this year. Most of the teams they played didn't have a 500, .500 record, didn't even make the playoffs, win the division. I'm sorry, the Packers were one of the most fraudulent teams this year. Now, let's break that down a little bit more. Aaron Rodgers is a great NFL quarterback, obviously a future first ballot Hall of Famer. But let's look at it. In the last championship game since, like, 2016, he's 1-3 in NFC championship games. I believe six touchdowns to seven interceptions. Um, are we going to make excuses? That's great. He can throw the football and throw a high touchdown rate to low interception rate. That's great. But if you can't get to the Super Bowl and play clutch in the playoffs, then it really doesn't matter. Because if you look at his playoff stats, and, and according to touchdowns to interceptions, it's like 37 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. That sounds great. Break it down again. In multiple playoff games, he comes short. It is great. Matt Alford is their answer. But the fact of the matter is, in the playoffs, you're 10-8. and eight. You had a bunch of young core players this year. That is great. 
No excuses for a NFL freaking quarterback. One in three NFC Championship games. Six touchdowns to seven interceptions in those NFC Championship games. Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer, but I don't think he has that much longer. Now, the NFL offseason has had a lot to occur. Freezy happening, Tom Brady going to who knows where. We'll discuss that. One of my main points is, I'll get a lot of heat for this. Philip Rivers and the Chargers parted ways. Has been on the team since 2004, became the starter when Drew Brees had that injury and went to the Saints that offseason. Since then, Philip Rivers has had a record of 123-1. and one. Zero. Now, just looking at that, that's he sounds like a really good quarterback. No, 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 no. Break it down. 59,000 59, passing yards, 397 touchdowns, to 1098 interceptions. Again, we'll break it down again. He's never missed a game as a Chargers starting QB. 14 straight seasons with no injuries. 11 career playoff games. He has four losing seasons as a starter. Break it down even more. In the last four seasons as a starter, they are 31 and 33. With him as a starter. And a, okay, decent offensive line. You had a great receiver, Keenan Allen, Tyler Williams, Mike Williams, sorry. You had Gordon, who is average really at best. The last three years, you have 116 touchdowns to 63 interceptions. So you're averaging only 29 touchdowns to 15.7 interceptions per year. You've been on that same freaking team since 2004. You had who at that time? Ladalian and Thomason, who in 2006 won the MVP with 31 touchdowns. You've never appeared in a Super Bowl. You haven't won any big games. In the playoffs, you're 5-6. and six. So if we're going to hold that same stand to Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford or whoever, even though Matthew Stafford has never made the playoffs, do the same freaking thing to Phillip Rivers. They appeared in one AFC Championship game. That was back in January 20th, 2008. And we know how that worked. And of course, who Tom Brady had at receiver, Randy Moss. Philip Rivers, I don't believe, is a Hall of Famer. And if he is, I believe he is a fraudulent Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer fraud. He's a slightly more accomplished Kirk Cousins. Has a couple more playoff wins. Other than that, he's just like Kirk Cousins. He'll post up big yards, a lot of touchdowns, but also can throw a couple of interceptions too. So it really does not help you at all. He has 12 starting seasons with double-digit interceptions. You've had Ladillian Thomason. You've had Antonio Gates in their prime who were drafted by the Chargers in the first place. You couldn't even appear in a freaking Super Bowl. Are you freaking kidding me? Tonio Gates. The best running back at the time. And Ladalian Thomason. You had all these players in your freaking career with the Chargers from San Diego to LA. You couldn't even appear in a freaking damn Super Bowl. Are you serious? This is not why a freaking Hall of Fame quarterback. You, if you're just doing it by passing yards and touchdowns, then fine. Kirk Cousins is a future Hall of Famer. 
throws almost 4,000 yards a year, 20-plus touchdowns, and double-digit interceptions. If we're going to do the same freaking thing, do it with Phillip Rivers. He's not a winner. 5-6 and six in the playoffs, 31-33 and 33 in the last four seasons as a starter. Only me, one time the AFC Championship game, had 12 losing seasons. Sorry, 12 starting seasons with double-digit interceptions. In those playoff games, you have less than 2,700 yards passing, 14 touchdowns with 10 interceptions. While you can average 241 passing yards per playoff game and a touchdown per playoff game. That doesn't matter because you lost more playoff games than you've won. And you have p- players on your team that help you win. When you got Antonio Gates again. You have Daniel Thompson, who at that time was the best running back. You had a Super Bowl contending team. And for years and years and years, you could not do anything. You had a young Darren Sproles. And Daniel Thompson for another year. You couldn't even get to a Super Bowl. Like... He, he's not a winner. You're going to get mad all you want. He's a Hall of Famer. Fine, but he's a fraudulent Hall of Famer. Because a true football fan knows it's not just about touchdowns and interceptions. It's about wins and losses. Well, it's just the same freaking thing. 5-6 in the playoffs. 31-33 in the last four seasons with the Chargers. Only made to one AC Championship game. Despite having LaDillian Tomlinson. Antonio Gates. Later in your career, you had Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon, even though we're talking about how he's an average, overrated running back. That's bull jive. Now, I'm going to get a lot of flack for it, but Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer, but he is a fraudulent Hall of Famer. Because if we're just doing it by yards, Stafford's a Hall of Famer. Uh, freaking. <laughs> Kirk Cousins is a Hall of Famer. Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer. Deshaun Watson's a Hall of Famer. If you're just doing it by passing yards and touchdowns, that is the dumbest thing you can do. It's about wins and losses. and You haven't done anything to show that you're a franchise quarterback. That's great that you're available for every game, but you've never played in a Super Bowl. I'm sorry, Philip Rivers is not a Hall of Famer. And if he does get inducted in the first ballot, he's a fraudulent Hall of Famer. Mark my freaking words. Thank you much. Now, a lot of things in free agency has really happened in the past couple of weeks. To talking about the Cowboys, you got Amari Cooper, you got Dak Prescott, who are both trying to get paid. They're both at the end of both of their contracts. Dak Prescott has paid or has played with the Cowboys for his four years in the league. Amari Cooper got traded last year halfway through the 2018 season in October for a Gave a first-round pick to the Oakland Raiders. Now the Las Vegas Raiders. Jerry Jones is in a very tough spot here. You got to set set aside ego and pride and realize what is best for this team to win. You can pay Dak Prescott, who's purportedly wanted $33-35 million a year. But the fact of the matter is... He put up big yards. He had a career year in passing yards and touchdowns. But if we're going to do the same thing that Kirk Cousins, all these guys who have the weapons and have the passing yards and have the touchdowns and the interceptions, 
but can't win when it really matters, you need to hold the same thing to Dak Prescott. He's going to get paid no matter what. I understand the cap and everything goes up every single year. He's not worth $40 million a year. Set aside Dak. He threw for almost 5,000 passing yards, third touchdowns to 11 interceptions. He is one of those guys where he'll get you a lot of yards. He'll win you a lot of gains, which he has. But he's just not the guy that's going to elevate your team to the next level to make a deep playoff run or a potential Super Bowl run. When you had the Eagles, who made a playoff run, they lost. Of course, Carson Wentz being injured prone as he is. They won a division, lost most of their starters on the offensive side of the ball. On the offensive line, receiver, Jordan Howard, his Whaley wasn't in. He brought in Miles Sanders as a rookie, and he balled out. The Cowboys were reportedly wanting to pay Dak Prescott a six-year deal. $33, 35000000 per contract. Now, what they're trying to figure out is he can get 33 35 a year for six years, or $185 million. But it's about the guaranteed money per year without trying to deeply affect the cap hit per year. So they pay Woods next year. Still hopefully be able to pay Cooper and... Who knows what to do with Blake Jarwin in a year or two. Fact of the matter is, Jerry Jones is prideful. If when he finds a player at the draft, he will sign on no matter what. You signed Tony Romo in 2012 to a big deal, 190 plus million dollars. And now you're taking this long to pay Dak Prescott. The fact of the matter is, with... Cowboys is Dak Prescott is their guy. He will win you games. But let's ask ourselves: is he, is he the guy that when we pay him, is he going to take us to the next level or he's just going to stay on the bottom minimum, stay on the easy level on the video game where you get a bunch of yards, you get a bunch of touchdowns, but you never get to the NFC Championship game. You never appear in a Super Bowl. Is it worth it? I say yes. Because here's the thing, too, though, too. The cap is going to go up every year. Mark McCarthy needs to have a year with Dak Prescott and say, hey, let's see what we can do. We played you in the playoffs your first year in a 2019 divisional round. Sorry, 2017 divisional round. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott's rookie year. Now, Mike McCarthy is on the other side of that, having coached Aaron Rodgers, having been worked with Devontae Adams for multiple years. Now you got Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. He wants to give him a year and see how it works. Is Dak Prescott the guy? Now, they're just going this year to see how it works. They franchise tag him. Because the franchise tag deadline for all that is March 10th. So they only have like three and a half weeks to decide. Is he the guy? Or are we just going to temporarily rent him out for a year? But now with Amari Cooper, you drop, you gave up a first-round pick for him. Now there's rumors that he's going to go to the Eagles, all a bunch of these teams. And we really don't know what's going to happen with him. But the fact of the matter is, unfortunately, you're going to have to pay Amari Cooper. Top five receiver money. Because he, he is not a top five receiver here in the NFL because you see a thousand yards per year oh my gosh wow he's a freaking 
Pro Bowl receiver, and he can be at some times in his when he plays. But the fact of the matter is, he'll have a couple games for uh, six, eight receptions, two hundred twenty yards, three touchdowns, like Shannon Sharp says. Then he'll have three to four games of two receptions, twenty six yards, maybe a touchdown. He is not consistent as a running back, but since you gave up a first round pick and trying to figure out how you're going to also pay your quarterback, even if you franchise tag him. You're going to have to afford to pay Mario Cooper big money, top receiver money, even though he is not worth it because there's a chance he can go to a contender. And the Eagles, like what Carson Wentz did, will launch here as that receiver. Dallas Cowboys are going to have to pay him, I would say, between 14 and 15 minimum per year to keep him. Not because of the pride, it's because of what you, you gave up, what you gave up for him. Eventually, it's going to bite you in the butt. And it really did with the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to pay Dak Prescott, but they're going to wait till the last minute. Mark my words. They are going to pay Dak Prescott, but they're going to franchise tag him. They're going to have to pay Amari Cooper 14, 15, 16 a year for top receiver money so they can keep him and hopefully make a playoff run next year. It's going to be hard playing with all those guys. And just you really just never know what's going to happen. But... We'll see how that goes. In other news. Now, of course, I predicted this before the year started. The Rams were going to miss the playoffs. Golf played terrible in the 2019 Super Bowl. 10-3. to Just take away the numbers and the touchdowns and everything else. Obviously, he had no touchdowns. If you look into his eyes in that game, zoom in. He's freaking out. He's one of the youngest QBs to start in the Super Bowl. He's freaking out because he doesn't know what to do. He has all the weapons and still could not get it done. The LA Rams overpaid him four years by $134 million. About 86 guaranteed, excuse me if I'm wrong. But the fact of the matter is, is that you pay him, you have all of these weapons. He doesn't get it done. But then as we finish the year last year, we find out. Targley had arthritis in his leg. And you wonder, why aren't they playing him in the championship game? I know he had Chris Anderson at that time. But what we did now, of course, that injury. And of course, this year, Todd Gurley being injury prone, he averaged 57.1 rushing yards per game. His lowest is 2016. His first year in the league. So... The rumors are that the Rams are going to meet with him, discuss his 2020 stats. There is a chance that Todd Gurley will not be on the LA Rams next year. The way his contract works is could be you got, what, two or three years left on that contract. It's included $21 million signing bonus, $45 million in guarantees. The Rams, they have a lot of questions. It's, not, it's a bad deal. What team is going to take that deal? It's far to matters. It's not going to be a contender to take that. Usually with that contender, they don't have as much money. It's going to have to be a young team. Potentially Miami. I mean, we don't know. Maybe they'll have to reconstruct this contract, which I think the way is going to happen. So who's going to take an injury prone running back? Who up to this point, he's been the all-pro running back. Where there's a chance that his NFL career could be cut in short because of that injury. Now, of course... 
that the Rams had a struggling year. The offense line didn't play as well. I think Andrew Whitworth is coming back to play next year in the NFL. But the fact of the matter is, with Todd Gurley, does he make your team better? I understand they were trying to limit his carries, his minutes, his starts, because you never know with that knee injury, it could potentially hurt him in the long run, even after he is done in the NFL. Going to ask y'all, do y'all think the LA Rams will keep him, reconstruct his contract, or will they trade him to either a contender or a team with a bunch of money, like the Bengals or whoever? Let me know, and we'll just see how that goes. Boom, boom. Whew, a lot is happening right now. We're getting really excited to have this happen, and let's just go into it. The Jacksonville Jaguars last year paid Nick Foles eighty plus million dollars for four years. I said this. This is a stupid ass deal. You have no offensive line. You have no offensive weapons. You have a decent running game, really, for the most part. Defense is kind of trying to figure out their identity. So you sign a quarterback who, even as a starter, isn't great. You had that one good year, but you can't use that year after year. That's called what you call an outlier. You pay him four years, a mega deal, 90 plus million dollars. And then in the first game this year, he throws a bomb downfield to uh, Westbrook or something. And he's out for eight, nine, ten games. And you have a guy coming in. He really didn't have a lot of success in college. Potentially could be a good quarterback in the NFL. Comes in, totally lights up the NFL. They don't have a lot of weapons. He throws for 3,000 yards, 15-plus touchdowns, and really has a debate. Can the Jaguars cut Nick Foles this year or trade him to a contender? Well, the way it works is the way they paid him, they cannot afford... To cut him, they will lose like 15, 20 plus million dollars if they cut Nick Foles. So, it's what the situation might be, like when you have with other teams in the past, when you overpay for a quarterback, of course, you have a young guy come in. I was drafted by the team. He may have to back up Garner Minshew next year, or it'd probably be a competition to see who will be the starting quarterback next year. But it would be cautional with Nick Foles because he's, he's been injured before. Nick Foles. He had a perfect system with Philadelphia. You had the weapons. You had the offensive line. Won a Super Bowl. Made a big playoff run the next year. Got into the division round. Lost. Believe against the Saints. Then this year, your first game with the Jacksonville Jaguars, you get injured and are out for the year. It's like giving... A child authority to do what they want. With somebody that hasn't had a fully developed brain making decisions and not looking at all the facts and being patient. Like, hey, what do we need to do? You pay him. And potentially after this next year, the 2020-2021 season... Nick Foles could be cut or traded depending on how they can work with this contract. Because you have a, what, a six, seven round pick guy who could potentially take your job 
next year, and you may have to back him up, and then we'll see how that goes. Kind of like, kind of similar to the Tennessee situation. We'll talk about that. He had 3,271 passing yards, 21 touchdowns to six interceptions with 470 attempts, but complete 285 passes. He didn't even start all 16 games. So for a guy to do that, had did not have the rights with the number one receivers, the running backs, number one guys, and still be able to put over 3,000 yards. He is the guy. Nick Foles is going to have to back him up next year, and hopefully after this next 2020, 2021 season, he figure out a way to reconstruct his contract. He is going to have to back up Garner Minshew. Garner Minshew is the guy. He has his swagger. He has everybody likes him. He's a great guy. But sorry for Nick Foles. He should have stayed. They should have not paid Carson Wentz. They should have Nick Foles is the guy. They could have made a playoff run. It's unfortunate, but you make a dumb decision like that. It is like buying a house, knowing your credit score is 250. You have no money to buy it. You're buying on impulse without even thinking, hey, what do we need to get in line order to have success and have the better rating to buy this house? It's the same thing with the Jaguars. It's like a young 21-year-old. You go buy a house when you don't have the money or the credit. The same thing with the Jags. They didn't have the offensive line. They didn't have the receivers. Defense is trying to find their identity and potentially release Calais Campbell, who is 33 years old. You make an impulse decision without thinking, is he going to succeed? Do we have the pieces around him? You don't sign a quarterback to a three-plus, 80-plus million-dollar deal. We don't have a complete team or an offensive line to compete in the playoffs. Shame on you, Jacksonville Jaguars. That was a stupid signing and should have never happened in the first place. It's it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but the fact of the matter is, is I mentioned he's going to be the starter next year. Let me know what y'all think. I started watching football in 2006. After the Rose Bowl, you had Vince Young, Jamal Charles on one side, Matt Lyon and Reggie Bush on the other side with Pete Carroll as coach and Hugh Jackson as the defensive coordinator. That same year, Drew Brees was traded to the Saints after Miami said no because of that shoulder injury. Since then, the Saints have been to a Super Bowl. They've had multiple playoff victories. But here's the fact of the matter. Is that when you look at it, Drew Brees played phenomenal. He set the record for passing touchdowns. He has career record for passing yards. This guy, he is a phenomenal quarterback. But if we break it down here, Drew Brees has a record of 116, 100, sorry, 163, 111, and 0. He's done for 77,000 yards, 416 yards, 547 touchdowns, and 237 interceptions. This year, he got injured and was sidelined for five and a half games. And of course, they're like, oh my god, Bridgewater's going to start. What's going to happen? Bridgewater was healthy that same offseason before. The Jets got a third-round pick for two or three preseason starts because he's healthy and consistent for a guy that hadn't really started in two to three years because of multiple injuries and got a third-round pick. He was healthy. He was consistent. I'm not surprised to say this went 5-0 with Bridgewater as that starter. 
Here's the fact of the matter, though. While Drew Brees completed 74.3% of his passes with a season low of four interceptions, the last three years, he is 2-3 in the playoffs as a starter. 84 passes for 120 total attempts, 10 touchdowns, and 6 interceptions. Yeah, he has 287, two, sorry, 285 passing yards per playoff game the last three years. Every single year, their first year, they lost the Minnesota Vikings miracle. Case Keenum to Stephon Diggs with no time left on the clock. They win 2019 against the LA Rams. Near the end, he's like, what? One and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. You throw it, I believe, to a cornerback, McCurry Coleman. They say pass interference. He made it. He got away with it, of course. But then the Saints get the ball back in overtime, and Drew Brees throws an interception. So if you blame it on that play, shame on you, because the Saints had another chance yet again, and he threw an interception. So what's the excuse there? He threw an interception after getting a second chance to win the game and still turn the ball over. So we're going to blame it on that freaking penalty? If you didn't get a chance after that, maybe. But the point is, you should have played well the whole game so it didn't take a penalty to determine if you won or lost. It should be determined if you won or lost by how you played. Drew Brees did not play well on that last drive, and he threw an interception. He's the reason why they were they were eliminated in that round in the NFC Championship game. Again, 2019-2020 season. Wild card round against the Minnesota Vikings, who were a decent rising team. Drew Brees through the first half, through the first two quarters, he's not playing really well. He's throwing a lot of pass or incomplete passes, interception, with a chance, with little time left again in the fourth quarter. Just like he did in the last two years, we had a chance with one drive left. Drew Brees' lack of of awareness is what killed the Saints' drive. He's about to throw it to the receiver downfield. I believe on fourth down. One more play. There's a chance you could do this. If you played better the whole game, it wouldn't take one play to determine if you won or lost. You should have played better throughout the whole game. Shame on you, Drew Brees. If I'm not one of the player, I love him. But, dude, you're 2-3 and three in the playoffs in the last three years. You had one play. Fourth down. Your lack of awareness. You have, I believe, Anthony Barr Harrison Smith. Got right next to behind the quarterback. And knocked the ball out of his hands as Drew Brees was going to try and throw the football downfield, probably to Michael Thomas or Jared Cook. And the Vikings recover the ball. Kirk Cousins marches downfield, throws the ball to Kyle Rudolph in the end zone for a touchdown. They win it in overtime. The Vikings win. Again, twice against the Saints in the last two years, three seasons. I love Drew Brees, but he just doesn't have it anymore. Multiple times when they counted him on him late in games or in overtime in the playoffs, he's lost every single time. Division round, you came back in 2018. Down by multiple scores. You come back, and of course, you're losing. Of course, that defense gave it that play. I gave it that. But the fact of the matter is, you shouldn't be down that early in 2018. Against Case Keenum, who has not been a franchise quarterback since then. What happened after that? The Vikings should have paid him. So as much as I love Drew Brees, and he's in a lock for the first battle Hall of Fame, the fact of the matter is, potential he could retire. There is a chance that 
He could be traded to another team. I mean, there there's a lot, really, that could happen with him. Predict that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter next year, potentially. They were 5-0. and He never had the rights of the first guys until week three, week four. His two-year contract is up. You have Taysom Hill wanting to be a franchise quarterback. I know he was a fifth-year senior in college. Every single year had a season-ending injury. You were on the Packers before, and of course was released or I think he was released or traded to the Saints. The fact of the matter is, he's a great gadget player, and they need him on his team. But you're going to pick him for the second time in three years or three seasons. The NFL has a young quarterback under 28 years old, a young, healthy quarterback who can be a franchise guy. You can pay him a lot of money, but you don't need to pay him as much as you would have to with Prescott or Cousins, but still get the same amount, if not more, production out of him. Your Brees says he's going to decide if he's going to retire or not, but I think the fact of the matter is Drew Brees is going to have to retire or is he going to play one more year. I understand you want to do this, but... Teddy Bridgewater contract expires two to three days, less than a week before free agency officially starts. So you're going to have to pay him what? His fifth year option is done. Rookie contract is done. He's a healthy franchise quarterback under 30. Done. I understand you guys stick with Drew Brees, but in the playoffs the last three years, you cannot count on him in big moments to win the game. That's why he is multiple times 2018 2019 and 2020 is all I have to say I love Drew Brees he's a Hall of Famer but they're going to have to move on for him because they can't cannot count on him in the playoffs it is over it's just not going to happen love Drew Brees love to meet him one day but you can't count on him in the playoffs anymore whew it was revealed about a week ago, Jameis Winston underwent LASIK surgery to repair vision in his eyes. Even Bruce Arians said last year that he had trouble seeing down the field what his defenders were and the receivers were. He has two top five receivers right now on his team in the NFL. You have a, mate, a good decent running back? I don't know. You got a great tight end. You got... um. Shaquille Barrett, who's a free agent, you have some decent guys on defense. Defense isn't as great, but needs to improve. But he has LASIK surgery, so potentially, because we know he has a great arm. One of the best arms in the NFL is Jake Cutler, but for some reason, through too many interceptions. As the fact of the matter is, he didn't. He has not lived to the hype. Do you think potentially it's because of the LASIK, the lack of sight? Maybe I think it could help. But they're not fully committed on Jameis Winston. He was the first overall pick in 2015. Won the championship game and won the Heisman at Florida State. But the fact of the matter is. We don't know if the surgery was going to help. Do they commit to him? Because his his rookie contract is up. His fifth year option was last year. You're not going to pay a guy $33, $35 million a year just to miss the playoffs. Might as well pay Dak Prescott. But um, you look at Jameis Winston. He'll put up the yards, the touchdowns. But this year, he had a career high. 
30 interceptions. Remember correctly, that's the NFL record. He had 30 touchdowns. He threw for over 5,000 yards. He's a guy that has that talent. But what you're going to have to do if you want to get better defensive players, get a better offensive line, maybe, just maybe, give him one more year. And I believe that would truly help. Because what are you going to do? Draft a guy in the draft. It's not really solid. I don't know a lot of quarterbacks that you got. Told Tanova pronounced that wrong. Jake Fromm and Herbert next year. And, of course... Well, the fact of the matter is, you're the only way to be able to pay him, at least take for one minute, you're going to have the franchise tag him. I believe it's like $25, $27 million this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're going to have to pay him because Mike Evans, who is one of the best receivers in the NFL, gets overlooked because of his team lack and ability to make a playoff run. He's had 1,000 yards every single year. First year in the league, he had Mike Blaney as a starter, who was traded to the Bears with Mark Sanchez. And, well, you know how that went. But the fact of the matter is, though, you got to stick with him for one more year because Mike, Mike Evans, who gets over to play a with Johnny Menzel, has wasted his prime waiting for a quarterback to develop who has not developed. Because if you just look at the yards, the touchdowns, of course he's developed. But look at those freaking interceptions. If I remember correctly, his first game in the league was against the Tennessee Titans against Marcus Mariota. His first pass was an interception. And from there, I'm like, Oh, dear God. This guy is not a winner. He's not a franchise quarterback. But there's something interesting about him. He has a great arm. Phenomenal talent quarterback. Can run out of the pocket. Very mobile. Can have some speed when he needs to be. I don't blame the Tampa Bay for hesitant. But should keep him for me a year to see what happens. Because we never know. Then Winston could have an MVP copper like year next year. But... The fact of the matter is, stick with Winston. One more year. Franchise tag him. And if it doesn't work out next year, you can let him walk in free agency. And I believe he would be a free agent. Or unrestricted free agent. Sorry. Sponsored by Monster. The best energy drink on the planet. But Bruce Arians says the team would be fine with or without Winston under center. Now, could it be that same thing similar to what the Cardinals did last year? No, we're sticking with Josh Rosen, but the whole time they're going to draft Kyler Murray. Personally, even if it's just this one year, franchise tag him. Even if it doesn't work out, he's done. You still have a lot of quarterbacks next year. Trevor Lawrence, which I believe would be a good fit for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2021 NFL Draft. One year and just see what happens because again, can it be copper like here? You never know what could really happen. <sighs> Breaking news did last week, Miles Garrett was reinstated into the NFL. He may resume in team offseason activities, practices, every single thing. Of course, we know the incident last year, they say it was all. Miles Garrett's fall. Did he make it worse? Yes, he did make it worse, but he did not start it. If you look at the video, it's just not simple. Do your freaking research, idiot. You see Mason Rudolph grab, looked like he was the back of his neck and the back of his helmet while Miles Garrett was on the ground. Of course, he started it. Miles Garrett took it worse. Shouldn't have done that. I get it. But he did not start it. Mason Rudolph did. It looked like Mason Rudolph was grabbing the back of his neck or his helmet. And of course, 
Uh, the Steelers off outline guy didn't do anything. Castro didn't do anything. So of course Miles Garrett trying to defend himself against the guy it looked like he was grabbing the back of his neck or his helmet. Took his time to rip his helmet off. Even though it looked like Mason Rudolph was trying to rip off his helmet. Took off his helmet and slammed it on his head. Now I guarantee that is unacceptable in the NFL. But we cannot act like here that Mason Rudolph is completely innocent. He's back. But the one thing I do not understand. Miles Garrett keeps insisting that Mason Rudolph said the you know what word. Keeps insisting on that after the incident, after the game. Got reinstated. He's assisting that he called him that word. Fact of math, let's say Mason did, which I don't believe he did. Miles Garrett, shut your dang mouth. The fact of the matter is, is that there is no proof that he did it. Let's say there's video out there that they're hiding the NFL would never release that he did do it. There's no proof, number one. Number two, he's not going to do it because the fact of the matter is... If he did it, we would know. Not really, that's actually kind of stupid. The fact of the matter is, is that he didn't do it. Miles Garrett is trying to seem all innocent in this case, and I do not understand. Well, you keep insisting he said that word. He didn't say the word. You're trying to make your case better than what it was. You hit him on the head with his own helmet. Move on. But you keep insisting on that. You're, you don't know what's going to happen. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin said this in regarding to Mason Rudolph. I support Mason Rudolph not only because I know him, because also because I was on the field immediately following the altercation with Miles Garrett. And subsequently, after the game, I interacted with a lot of people in the Cleveland Browns organization, players and coaches. If Mason said what Miles claimed, it would have come out during the many interactions I had with those in the Browns organization. In my conversations, I had a lot of expressions of sorrow for what had transpired. I received no indication of anything racial or anything of that nature in those interactions. The fact of the matter is, Miles Garrett, you got reinstated. Don't screw this up. And then there's rumors that he could get freaking sued by the agent. I mean, what are you doing, bro? You're back in the league. Maybe potentially your team can make it next year in the playoffs. Or... Potentially, dude. There's a lot of questions around that. Hey, dude, he didn't do it. I would have believed if you if you said it after the game, which you did, and stuck with that consistently. Maybe I would believe you, but you waited till now to mention it again. It didn't happen, Miles Garrett. Really? You think we're stupid? I mean, my gosh, he didn't say the n word. He didn't do anything. He wasn't innocent in that case with the helmet. I understand, but the fact of the matter is. You weren't consistent with that. You waited till after you came back to say that he did it. I, I, I don't believe Miles Garrett. I don't believe Mason did it. Let's just move on and see how Miles Garrett can help that struggling defense next year. Whew. Well, breaking news is that the other day, Washington Redskins released cornerback Josh Norman. Who signed there in 2016 after the Carolina Panthers didn't want to sign to a big deal, didn't want to franchise tag on. There's a lot of rumors with that. And the Carolina sacked with Jameson Bradbury. How did that work out? He went with the Redskins for four years. He never really developed as a cornerback. He never, not like a good man to man guy, he never showed his. T- 
talents if he really had any. After a year or two, he saw, he saw his production that went up here when he left Carolina and came to the Redskins and slowly over time went boom, 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 boom. When the Redskins are potentially, really, they're trying to rebuild right now and they don't need to pay a guy 10, 15, 20 million dollars. They're trying to rebuild the team. Potentially, you draft a quarterback. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. It is about time the Redskins released Josh Norman. And potential teams could be teams with a lot of money. Could be the Raiders. It could be the Titans. It could be maybe the Jags because they're going to release A.J. Boe. A.J. Boe, sorry. There's a lot of teams that he could be on. But he's going to have to show them. That his level that he can actually produce in numbers. Because the fact of the matter is, he hasn't done that all year in the last four seasons. And it is about time that the Redskins released him. Um, it's, it's unfortunate, dude. You got a big contract, but team's trying to rebuild, bro. You didn't show up. You didn't live up to your contract. That's just a pure fact. You can get mad. I don't freaking give a flying fart. The fact of the matter is, is that you should have produced and you didn't. So, that's too bad. That's your fault. Whew. It has been reported that the Carolina Panthers are going to release Cam Newton. Now, the way this is going to work is if they already just release him, they sa- they save about $19.1 million. Now, you can stick with him while you still need to rebuild that team. You need a new offensive line. Greg Olson retired. He's meeting with teams, the Seahawks, the Redskins. I mean, all these teams. You still got to rebuild the offensive line. That defense was ranked one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Bring back a quarterback, you have to pay like what twenty plus million dollars. Y'all went five and eleven last year. Your defensive rank was like 29th, 30th, probably thirty first. Luke Keekley retired, so you want to pay? You will continue to pay a quarterback nineteen, twenty million dollars when you're trying to rebuild the team when you don't have as much cap as other teams. Because the fact of the matter is, it is not smart for them to pay him in the first place. But they did. And now you're still going to continue to honor that contract when a team is trying to rebuild. That yes, they have $32 million in cap hit this year. If you release him $19.1 million, they're going to have exactly at about, let's see, over almost $50 million, over $50 million. And cap. So that gives you enough for the working contracts and for the guys that you draft this year. Yeah, almost $52 million, sorry, in cap. So why would you keep him? He's been injured prone. He hasn't been consistent as a passer. His career completion percentage is under 60%. I'm sorry, that is bull jive. You've had players, you've had a Steve Smith in 2011 when he got drafted. For a little bit, you had Jonathan Stewart, who was... He's a good, decent guy. Not great, but he put up some numbers. Cam Noon is not a guy that you're going to need to pay. These, the Panthers still need a cornerback, interior offensive lineman, offensive tackle, linebacker, defensive line. 
all of these guys that you're going to have to pay. Because the fact of the matter is, is that being in and out of games, Cam Newton just hasn't done it. They went to Kyle last year, started off well. People rushed to it. Oh, he's the guy. No, he's not that guy. You drafted Will Guru last year. Give him a chance. It's similar to Drew Locke with my Denver Broncos last year. In the preseason, he basically showed he was overthrowing receivers. He was underthrowing. He wasn't able to read routes. But when Drew Locke started this year, he was 4-1 and one as a starter. Seven touchdowns to three interceptions. with almost 1,200 passing yards. So that time and develop, you're bringing in a veteran quarterback who doesn't cost a lot. Maybe Josh McCown, type of guy, veteran guy, or Fitzpatrick, whoever. You know, he's going to be he's gonna be with the Dolphins. Help develop Will Greer. Have Will Greer be the starter next year. He's still four years on the rookie deal. And if you're still if you're still producing well and you're getting wins, like it meant, so you can pay him that fifth-year option or franchise tag him. You have him potentially in the next couple of years on a really, really cheap rookie deal. Release Camp Noon, you would have almost $52 million in cap. And you have a lot of room to rebuild your football team. <laughs> I mean, it's just that simple. I love Camp Noon, but career completion percentage is about 59.5%, if I'm not mistaken. That doesn't scream franchise quarterback. If you're a contending team, so yeah, bring him back. They got a lot of holes and pieces they need to fill, not just on the offense. And they shouldn't bring him back. It's just not a good idea. Whew, well, what happened here? The Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Sponsored by Monster. In 2018, paid Kirk Cousins three years, $84 million, the NFL's first fully guaranteed contract. One playoff win. No. Didn't win in division, missed the playoffs the first year, it was like seven, eight, and one. This next year you went ten and six. The Vikings this year, if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, they have almost twelve and a half million dollars in dead money. Because of Kirk Cousins' contract. So basically with his fully guaranteed contract, they cannot release him, they cannot trade him, they have to keep him because of the amount they paid him. If you're I right, release him, you don't get any you don't Let's say if you had $15 million with Kirk Cousins on the cap, and you're paying this money. If you release them, you still have the $15 million. You don't get more in cap. You don't get less. It's a lose-lose situation for the Minnesota Vikings. Either you're going to have to reconstruct a couple of your team's contracts, or you're going to have to move on for guys that have helped you win. Because those guys on that defense and the offense have raced their prime to get in, to make a deep playoff run. Dalvin Cook this year had a career year after back-to-back years in 2017-2018 injury. He had, what, over 1,000 yards, top 10, top 12 in rushing. And he had, what, four-plus touchdowns. Correct me if I'm wrong. So after this next year, the Vikings, Kirk Cousins' deal is done. We don't know how much cap they'll have in 2021. So how are you going to keep him? They could draft a guy next year at quarterback. They're going to have to. This year, sorry. And... You're going to move on from there because it's rough. We want to pay your quarterback. I understand you need a quarterback to win. But they could have paid Case Keenum big money, but not like other quarterbacks like Russell Wilson. But could still get a lot of production out of him. But Case Keenum would be financially happy. And it worked out. But they let him go once my Brock was in. And it's neither here or there. It's going to be a tough year 
because Xavier Rhodes potentially is going to get released from the Minnesota Vikings. He had a off year this year. He used to be he used to be a top five, top ten cornerback in the league. Here's the fact of the matter is is that he had a multiple receivers multiple multiple receivers. Get past him. He's not a man to man guy. He's not what he used to be. I'm sorry. I he had a couple years ago where he was a top five, top ten, but he just wasn't what he used to be. Cause let's just break this down, okay, with the Minnesota Vikings. Basically they Gonna to have to release Xavier Rhodes. Now, depending on how his contract is structured, will determine how much they have in dead money. They can afford to release him, and therefore, if they release Xavier Rhodes, that will reduce that dead money by almost to zero. We got eight, nine, ten million dollars this year against the cap. Release him. He'd be thirty this year. He's just not what he used to be. Hasn't been consistent. Sorry. Um, then you have more way to work with your players to reconstruct their contract. The Vikings have been a good contending team the past five to six years. They have a, a great, phenomenal defense. But the fact of the matter is, is when you pay Kirk Cousins, you're not able to keep all those guys. Um, Anthony Fajero, with the J, with the house of the H, was with the Eagles last year. Stephon Diggs is unhappy. You have a bunch of talented guys. And you still haven't done what you need to do to get done. Fortunately, I think you should pay quarterbacks, but never give a quarterback fully guaranteed money. Only time I think you could, which even then you shouldn't. You need to get most 80, 50... 60% of your guys are rookies. They're on the rookie cards. They're making 3 to $4 million a year, even depending on which round you were drafted and if you have a fifth-year option. Do not pay a quarterback fully guaranteed money. Because we look at this, let's just break down Xavier Rhodes, some of his stats. He was flagged for 10 penalties, allowed a 127.8 pass rating in his coverage, fourth worst among all corners. And a 82.0% opponent completion percentage per NFL next gen stats. Second highest in the NFL among cornerbacks. He didn't register an interception for the first time since 2013. And he's he was a liability the whole year. He had a 12.9 million cap in 2020. So him being on the team with that price with no production is very low. If they can release him. Basically, all that dead money would be almost... They would be back to almost zero, which would be better than being at almost $12.5 million dead money. So you have Xavier Rose, $12.9 million at the cap this year. You got 12.3 in dead money. So practically, that'd be about, what, four hundred fifty, maybe $645,000 in cap, which gives you a little bit more room, gives your younger quarterback, younger cornerbacks a chance to develop. And you have a chance to keep your guys and maybe reconstruct their contract, but they can still keep most of their money if they can release Xavier Rhodes. Because fact matters, get a young corners, let them develop. It didn't work. It didn't work. But at least it's not a financial liability. 
Xavier Rose is what in what he used to be, and maybe he can go to a contender. I don't know. Let's just do this one more quick thing. The Tennessee Titans are going to move on from Marcus Mariota. This year, he completed 59.4% of his passes for 1,203 yards, 7 touchdowns, and 2 interceptions. <laughs> With a QPR of 33.7, sponsored by Monster. He's going to be a career backup. The fact of the matter is his second overall pick, sorry, the second overall pick, 2015. Right behind James Winston. You look at the receivers they drafted, you think, oh, well, these aren't good receivers. No, they've been wasted by Marcus Mariota. He's inaccurate as a quarterback. He's mobile. He's not fast. He holds on to the football too long, and it just doesn't work. He'd be a possible backup. Maybe the pat- he gets straight to the Pats. The Pats have been known to develop bad players and to develop them to superstars. That could really help him, but... The Tennessee Titans have 25-plus upcoming free agents. you got to pay Derrick Henry. But how are you going to do that? You're going to keep Tannehill. You're going to draft a quarterback. I say release to be able to trade Tannehill to a contender or a backup. Draft a quarterback this year. Somehow find a way to pay Derrick Henry. It's I don't love Derrick Henry, but it sucks for him to be in this financial situation. It's going to be hard to pay him the money that he wants when you have that many upcoming free agents and he hasn't been the starter till the season before when he should have been since 2015 after he won the Heisman played Alabama beat Christian McCaffrey I believe 2015 for the Heisman Trophy Texans release Vernon Hargraves to avoid his fully guaranteed $9 million fifth year option Texans have a lot of options on defense and in the draft, they're just they're struggling defense that really needs to regroup. I'm afraid Deshaun Watson is going to be a guy that will win you games. He will win you big games. But when it comes to the big game, like the divisional round, the championship game, he's just not able to elevate. He's going to be a really good guy. Get you up into that point, but doesn't get you to the big game. Texans, they don't have a GM. You have the freaking head coach, Bill O'Brien. Has been interim GM. Now they prone him to GM and head coach. That simply does not work. One last thing: the rumors have Tom Brady is being reported that the Las Vegas Raiders are reporting to give Tom Brady two years, sixty million dollars. First of all, that's just stupid. Derek Carr, I understand he hasn't produced, but the fact of the matter is he had a career high seventy percent completion percentage last year in the league. He has not had the weapons. To produce. Mike Crabtree's been gone for a couple years. Has not been able to show that he could be an NFL quarterback. But let's break it down for a second. Derek Carr has had decent years. The fact of the matter is, they need to stick with him. You pay a quarterback who's 42 years old. Be 43 before the season starts. It's just not going to keep him transition to see if it works and go from there the stadium will be ready in september and you should not be paying tom brady two years six million it's not going to happen this happens every couple years oh tom brady's falling off the cliff or this or that i'm not a patriots fan but the fact of the matter is nobody's discussing this if josh mcdaniel stays which he will why would tom brady go to a team with the gm and all these guys that he didn't have chemistry with it really does not make any sense tom brady's staying with new england Carolina Panthers are going to release Cam Newton. 
the Minnesota Vikings are going to release Xavier Woods. Viking, or not Vikings, sorry, the Falcons are not going to exercise Vic Bisley after this year. He is a free agent. We don't know what's going to happen. A lot is upcoming, and I'm very excited to talk about it. This is the first episode of many more. Next ones will be every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. of the other dude. Thank you for listening. Let me know how it is. Have a good day.